You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee, right here on LA Talk Radio. Hey, Rifters, welcome to the show. Uh, subscribe, rate, review. We got a great show for you today. Uh, Alan Lee will not be here. Victor Pacheco is here. Victor, bow, 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 bow. how are you? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me, man. Of course. Thanks for doing it. You've been uh, very reliable. Alan Lee has been working and not reliable. Oh, geez. What a chump. What uh, a chump. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Alan Lee's cool. I like Alan. Not, He's no, we cool. are. He is cool. But, well, I guess what I'm saying is you and I, we said, listen, we're going to quit our day jobs for Razor Riffs. And Alan Lee said, you guys are fucking stupid. Yeah. Well, he's the one who's the one lacking knowledge right here, not being on the greatest podcast of all. Okay, that was a little bit of watch, but whatever. It's still fun. It's still, this is a fun podcast. Speaking of the greatest podcast ever, which I totally agree with you, Razor Riffs is definitely top 500. I thought you were going to say top three, top three of all time. Ah. I just got an email. I thought I was. I thought she was going to be late. Um, I thought you just pulled a groin over here. Oh, dude, yeah. But I speaking of the greatest podcast ever. I listened to that Cat Williams episode. Oh, dude, Cat Williams, man, dude. So I it was three hours long, and I think it was like one. It totally worked because I clicked on it and I listened to it, but it was. Just, <laughs> It was what? just like a clickbait. Of course bait. it worked. It no, a... how did you listen to the whole thing and consider it clickbaiting? It was There's like too many cl- commercials. Yeah, too many commercials. I'll give you that. It was but... a clickbait, and he's like crap talking to everybody, and then everybody responds to it. So this dude who interviewed him, yeah, he's he he. I I read an article. He got like a hundred million uh, downloads on that episode. I wouldn't be surprised if it was more. Dude, no, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I and it hasn't on... even been a week. This hasn't even been a week. Yeah. It hasn't even been a week, man. Like, literally, I'm like, man, when was the... When... I was like, I don't know. People remember, like, January 6th as being, like, an infamous day in United States history. But I'm thinking now it's January 7th yeah. or January 5th or whenever that happened, man. I was I couldn't believe it. It was, like, three days ago. I was like, three days ago? And that was, yeah, yeah so it must have been the 4th. So, yeah, January 4th or whatever it was, the 3rd. I don't know. It was just like we're 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 not even like two weeks into the new year. I know. Cat Williams is he blew it up. Everybody, up. you know he what? Blew, the dude blew think, up this podcast. So he blew I up think, the internet. That dude. I think we gotta get Cat Williams on Razor Riffs, and we gotta say, dude, Cat, he, never been oh, a fan man. of uh, Kevin Hart. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> dude, what an opener, man! Could you imagine if you just opened up with that? Like, hey, Cat. You know that guy you're talking smack about him? Well, fuck him. I never liked him. But you're great. But, dude, you know what, though? I've been thinking, though, man, that gets me kind of like, why would he do that? And people are like, oh, to stay relevant? I'm like, no, you know what? I, I think it might have got to him all these years where people are like, oh, he's a crackhead. He ruined his fortune and his success because of drugs. And it's just like, no, no, no about drugs. Maybe alcohol, but, you know, it's yeah. just, I, but I don't think he did it. Like, he didn't, if he did anything that bad, he would have gone to prison. Well, I think he's, I, I mean, I've always liked him. I always thought he was funny. I, I always I mean, thought he was funny as fuck, I don't, man. I don't think he's the top five of all time like people say he is. But he is funny, and I've always liked him. And I always thought that maybe, like, after listening to this interview, because he made a lot of good points, too. You know what I mean? Like, right. on, on people he was, I don't want to pick a side, but he did make good points on certain subjects. And then certain subjects... I was just like, what? What are these points? So he is very, very smart. And I think maybe he did it to say, hey, I'm not scared of anybody right now. So I uh, actually you... admire that. Well, yeah, I admire it. But have you seen the resurgence of all these videos that are calling out? Like, I don't know, like everybody's making a big deal about how Steve Harley Harvey's wears a or was wearing a toupee or a hairpiece. And it's um Cat Williams was the one to call him out about it. I'm like, I don't think that's a big deal. Yeah, I wear a hairpiece. <laughs> no, you don't, Keith. That'd be the best hairpiece of all time. It looks oh. natural. 
That's why you need to. Re- you, that's why I'm need just. To I'm just. I actually don't wear a hairpiece. I'm just trying to let all the bald people know. I feel you, and I can. Oh, like, this is like when they asked Michael Jackson an interview. They're like, "Are you gay?" And he's like, "Stop the interview." Then they stop the interview, and then he supposedly said, "I don't want to answer that question because I don't want to alienate my gay fans." It's like, shut up, Michael. You're Wait, gay. did he really like, say that? Yeah. So allegedly, I wasn't there, but during an interview, they asked him about his sexuality. Like, I need you to stop the interview. I need you to cut the cameras right now. I was there. I was at Neverland. On that <laughs> You're going to say I was sitting on his lap. That was like a solid <laughs> four or five. But in his eyes, I was a 10. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, yeah. He doesn't <laughs> just he doesn't just call Chris Tucker Christmas. He called me Christmas, too. Wait, why does he call Chris Tucker Christmas? I don't get that. I don't get that. <laughs> like, it comes once a year, like Santa Claus. It's like, I don't get that. Am I fucking dumb? Well, no, because Chris, Chris, miss, right? I don't know. I mean, I, I got to interview Michael. But you Michael... made it sound like an insult, man. Christmas is great unless you're Jewish or Muslim, right? Yeah, yeah. I do got to interview Michael Jackson to have the... the... Dude, well, you're gonna need you're gonna need a Ouija board, or you're gonna need a time machine, man. It's not gonna happen, dude. Oh yeah, yeah, because he's he's sick. Yeah, he passed away. You oh yeah, yeah, you're fucking sick. Are you kidding me? Oh my god! And then, and then it's gonna just go into the episode. It's just like, hey, we have all these done. Speaking yeah, of William the episode, we we got a great <laughs> guest. Uh, she's a great voice actress. You you you've seen her on everything: King of the Hill, The Simpsons uh wreck it ralph which is one of my favorite movies she's futurama futurama (laughs) she's also the voice of betty boob and uh it's gonna be great the great sandy fox is here or she's not here but she's gonna come here why are you laughing did i i'm laughing because you just stutter stepped right there it's like she's gonna be here she's not here right now it's like no shit dude she's not here right now No, but I thought I was going to mess up on Betty Boo because I you thought that, did. You I did. did. I I was grinning from ear to ear. Keith cannot say boop. I'm like, dude, oh, pretend you're like boop, boop. Oh, boop, boop. I don't know how you got Sandy Fox right and Betty boop, boop wrong. Okay. <laughs> so she's the voice of Betty. Hold on. Boop. Okay. Boop. But uh, hold on a second. Even more I, hilarious. Before we started recording, He's all like, hey, did you know she's in a land before time six? And I was like, really? That's awesome. Who, who does she play? Or who does she voice? And he's like, a dinosaur. And I'm like, Keith, what the fuck is wrong with you? Of course, she, what, was this like the last land before time, before like the caveman snuffed her out or like <laughs> snuffed out all the dinosaurs? Like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, you that set so... me up for that. Dude, I didn't. I thought you knew. I don't know. I think you're thinking like Littlefoot's cousin. Or Littlefoot's uh, auntie, or Littlefoot's, <laughs> I don't know, nephew, or I don't know, it's the sixth one, so maybe he's like, he has a family by then. Yeah. Okay, so it's Betty, boop. Betty, yeah, but don't say it like that. <laughs> you just imagine the whole interview. Yeah, so you've always Betty, boop. And uh, I was wondering, uh, the lineage in your timeline, and, you know, am I no. saying the right victim? Betty, boop. You know, boop, 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 you see, boop, you're boop. making fun of me because I have a speech stutterness, <laughs> and I gotta find ways to try and, like, come on, man. Learn, learn Spanish, and you, you have to phonetically pronounce. Well, I mean, you're supposed to phonetically pronounce everything in English, but in, like in Spanish, it's like there's no like missing letters. You know what I'm saying? Unless it's like native, indigenous languages and stuff, then it's a little different. Then there's a bunch of J's and X's, and it's just really hard. And Z's. Yeah, we just got rejected by uh, Michael Ian Black, guys. <laughs> oh my God, was that what the email was about? Yeah, that, that was. Uh, Keith, just, just, just minimize that window right now. I know, but see, dude, like, I gotta keep my phone in case she texts me, like, "Hey, I can't get in." I don't know. Dude, are you sure she's not just chilling in the waiting room? That'd be fucked up. She's wait, mate. How do I do that? Uh, oh my God, Jesus Christ! All right, at the bottom it says participants, right? And you click it. It's it says two. Okay, like participants. Right. Yeah, click it, and then this window now, should come now up. Now nothing's gone, and the window left. Okay, press it again. Wait. Oh shit! I'm still here. Wait, did you reject her? No, you I, you told me to click that, and I clicked it. Now now I can't see it. Oh wait, I should go to chat. Okay. Now I'm on the chat. Dude, it's not the chat, dude. It's the participants. 
If you click an arrow, okay, so arrow wait, pointing explain up, to me. It's next to the video where it says stop video. Keith, this is the worst pre-show ever. It was it was like the best pre-show ever. Like <laughs> I had it right. Then you told me to hit. Okay. So All right, then hit it again. It'll show up. It said, okay. So I hit more at participants. Got it. Yes. Okay, cool. Excellent. We're back in business, folks. No, we never left. We never left. Oh, Sorry. Right, right. I jumped the gun on that one. I jumped the gun. Sorry. God, man. <laughs> Victor, you should teach a Zoom course. Be like, all right. Zoom 101. First of all, give me $300. Excellent. <laughs> it's like, you all passed. <laughs> you, you all passed 101. 102. Uh, give me $300 and download Zoom. Oh, oh my God. Dude, Zoom uh, is Zoom is hard to teach certain people, but I don't know, man. We'll, we'll see what happens, man. We'll yeah. see what happens. Well, I'm, a- I'm so bad at the internet and computers and videos. Like, I'm really bad at that stuff. But I'm very good at comedy. Keith, you're one of those comics, dude, where, like, the amp isn't working, and it's like, hey, do you know how to work this? And you're like, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. What the fuck you mean, amp? It's just like, what the fuck? You, you're a fucking comic. You've been doing this for hella long. You don't know how to work an amp. But you know what's funny? The only comics that know how to work amps either own one, you know, because they're a producer, right. in addition to being a comic, or they used to be a musician. That's true. That's it. Oh, that's Sandy it. Fox is here. Nice. All right. But no, that that's true. Sandy's in the waiting room. So I hit admit, right? Yes. All right. Excellent. Incredible, Keith. This Zoom stuff's easy. Hi, Sandy. Uh, hello, hello, hello. Oh, how are you? <laughs> Hi. Uh, Sandy, this is Victor. He's the trusty sidekick. Hi, Victor. Hey, Sandy, good to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Uh, he was just giving me a lecture on Zoom because I don't know how to work Zoom, apparently. Oh, yeah. I uh, I logged on and it said update, update. And so it was updating and then the camera wasn't working. And I know that you're using audio, but I still thought it'd be nice for us to see each other. So Yeah. Well, I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. I'm sorry Victor couldn't help you because he was helping me at that time. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> Is this sound okay for you guys? Oh, that sounds great. It sounds okay, good. good, good, good. 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 Awesome. Awesome. Well, it was pretty exciting. I, I got to meet Dermot at oh, you did. City Con. Ah. Yep. And he just loved being on the show with you guys. So he was very, very kind. Yeah. Yeah. He was awesome. I, uh, did, yeah, he was great. Yeah. I, re- I forgot we were talking how like it was like serendipity because you saw Dermot was going to do it. And you're like, I just watched a Dermot movie. Oh yeah. 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 See yeah, synchronicity for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Several yeah. things were adding up. And so I'm a very connect the dots person. So I thought, oh, okay, this is all in the flow. <laughs> yeah. I like yeah. I like connecting the dots too. Like especially if it's like a on a board game or something like tic tac toe. Oh yeah. 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 I'm kind of like E.T. and the Reese's Pieces, you know, oh, I'm yeah, like yeah. the universe yeah. is leaving you little Reese's Pieces. And I'm like, oh, OK, go over there. Go over there. <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, you brought up Khan. So that that's actually how I know you, because okay. I, I, I saw you at a con. I was too, too scared to say hi because I don't like people. But I saw you. <laughs> That and, could be a problem on this planet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe other planets, you'd be fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, 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 I saw you, and uh, I saw a whole bunch of other people, and I just wanted like, yeah, it must be so cool to have fans uh, come up to you, and and you know, I don't know how much time they get with you, but like they share a story how you've touched your their lives and stuff. So that must be, I think, like one of the coolest feelings in the world. 
You know, it really is. It's like a great reward of this work is to meet the people that, you know, we're breathing life into these characters and these stories. So to meet the fans or just the people that these stories who who have touched them, you know, come up and share just their love for the project or my characters. And it's just a nice exchange because as a voice actor, we're like in a booth. I always say I work in a padded room <laughs> with <Yeah>. voices <laughs> in my head <laughs> by myself. So, um, but we're, we're pretty isolated from that. Yeah. So the, the conventions to me are one of my greatest joys of this work, getting to meet the fans and to speak on panels and hear stories and yeah. And just be one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, yeah. It's, it brings me great joy. And I'm so blessed that the characters that I voice are very lovable and adorable and, you know, they share a very positive energy. And so that seems to ripple out into the fan base. It's also because like when you started, uh, you know, voice acting uh, was probably big, but a lot of people didn't know voice actors, you know? What yes. I mean? And now yeah. it's like every it's like a voice actor. People know voice actors just like they know regular celebrities yeah that's very true here in north america i know um for years uh voice actors in japan that voice anime they're famous they're like rock stars from the beginning um it wasn't until the internet and people did get to see a face your face on social media or connect the character with the actor that that really you know changed everything and and the number of cons literally there's there's you know it's multiplied by so many more per month or per year in the United States and North America and all over the world yeah. than there were, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah so, for sure. So I know like you can't believe everything you read on the internet, but I, ha <laughs> I, I did have one question to see if this is true. Okay. Uh, so I heard you start your, you started your, your, your adventure and celebrityness when when you were a dancer for the Orlando Magic. That's one. Yeah. That, Holy that would Lord. Be it. Yeah. Yeah. I lived in Orlando. I actually, um, when I was, I was in musical theater in high school and I performed, I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So I performed in this very small um, theme park called Kennywood Park uh, on my summers off from high school. And at 17, um, right after high school, I moved to Orlando to work for the Walt Disney Company um, as an entertainer and uh, um, on live stage shows and some pretty famous characters that you might recognize. But um, basically, I, I lived and worked in Orlando for 11 years. So I was a singer, a dancer, an onstage performer. Um, and I did uh, audition. I was one of the first women to audition for the Orlando Magic when they brought the franchise you know, they opened the franchise. So that was Orlando's first basketball team. And it was a very exciting time. I was I was an Orlando Magic girl for three seasons. And I left for Los Angeles um, the year that Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal came in. But, oh, my God. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it was so exciting. Um, I got to see Larry Bird, Ma Magic, um, and uh, Michael. Jordan like so close up within four feet yeah, I, <laughs> and uh, we were on the court so we got you know it's the best seat in the house and yeah. um, it was just so exciting it was a very exciting time um, I think I, I think it's cool that the magic traded you for Shaq yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah they got a lot more for their money <laughs> No, but that that was really, really just a very special time. And then uh, when did you get into the, into the saying, hey, I want to do voice acting? Because 
Well, it was interesting because it all kind of leads, you know, into each other. Um, when I moved to Orlando, I was uh, working part time. I was working for Disney as an entertainer and working part time nights at a couple nights a week at a Bennigan's. Uh -huh. Have you ever heard of Bennigan's TGI Fridays? It's kind of like a chain, like a pub yeah. chain. And so I was the hostess. I was very young. I was like 18 and I would be the girl on the microphone at two. 30 in the morning last call for alcohol oh, yeah. <laughs> and this man this man named steve tarico this musician he was in a, a paper straw hat and a little bow tie and little round glasses and he said say there you sound just like helen kane and i'm i don't know who helen kane is i'm 18 she was a very famous pop singer from the 1920s and 30s yeah. and happened to sing a lot of the betty boop songs and so he said i have this orchestra will you come audition and so i did so besides working for Disney full time, I was also touring around with this 1920s jazz orchestra, singing the songs of Betty Boop and the Cab Calloway numbers. I mean, it was so exciting. We opened for Ray Charles and Dizzy, Go Dizzy Gillespie and um, Pete Fountain at the Cool Jazz Festival. This is in the very early 80s in Jacksonville and played a lot of really fun gigs. But often I would get asked, can you dress like Betty Boop, yeah. you know, for like an event or something. So I, I started singing the songs of Betty Boop. So Betty Boop has always been like a cartoon angel for me. And then um, working at Disney in these live shows, whether it's Mickey's birthday party or Fantasy Follies, I was surrounded by the legendary Disney characters for five shows a day. Oh, so wow. I'm hearing those voices. I would often get asked to do Mickey or mini or snow white for like a parade track or something but um a, an actress uh director actress sue blue she came to orlando in the late 80s and taught a voiceover workshop and i i really wanted to explore that because in orlando it wasn't a place where animation voiceover any of that was being recorded and i fell in love with her passion her excitement her energy for how she approached her work and yeah. thought, wow, this is, this is like an, ex you know, exciting Avenue. I haven't explored yet. Oh, that's so awesome. I kind of set that intention that, you know, I've kind of done a lot of work in Orlando. I did some TV commercials. I did, I got my SAG after card as a space hooker in a Whoa. movie called, <laughs> I know, right. In a movie called super force. Oh and it was like a Ridley Scott or, you know, and I had razor blades for fingernails and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty obscure uh, movie. It was the people that produced Superboy. They did a movie called Superboy, Superforce. And um, I felt like I was ready to like move on to something new. So as soon as I set that intention, then Universal called and said, we need a Betty Boop. Uh, for the theme park, we obtained the rights to Betty Boop and Popeye and Olive Oil, and we need a Betty, like a living Betty Boop. And I went, uh, I called them back for the audition, and it ended up being a Hollywood, California. Oh. Yeah, so she kind of brought me to L.A., and I was at that time in 1991, pounding the pavement, knocking on doors, talking to agents, bringing my little, you know, demo tape. And um, I got signed with um, a, a, a great agent in Beverly Hills. And my first job was a commercial with Marvin Kaplan and um, Lorenzo Music, the voice of Garfield. It was a White Castle hamburger commercial. Oh, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if you know Marvin Kaplan. He was an iconic character actor yeah. and Lorenzo Music, of course, um, both of them passed on. But that was so exciting. And then like my second job was working on The Simpsons. They called and said The Simpsons, Fox bought The Simpsons and we need a group of voices to record all the extra voices every week. So yeah. I end it's called Walla or loop group. So I ended up doing that in, um, yeah, the early nineties, one of the first loop groups 
So those very early episodes, like Snake Whacking Day. Yeah. <laughs> that's Whacking me day. singing. Yeah, Snake yeah. Whacking Day. That's me <laughs> singing. And um, it was Sam. really fun. And I got to use a little bit of my improv chops for that because, awesome. you, you know, awesome. I had never done Walla before. So it was great. You know, I came right out of using those at, when I worked at Disney. So, yeah. Sandy, That's you awesome. never should have told Victor you, you were on The Simpsons because now he's going to be like a little boy on morphine. That's, that's his favorite show oh wow so you're yeah. gonna go back and i was a swedish woman drowning in the olympic episode <laughs> no these are just things they do they call out okay who can do you know we need the swedish woman drowning i'm like help, help, i'm drowning you know so like who knows right yeah. <laughs> little kids of course we voice lots of little kids in the schoolyard with Melhouse and yeah, oh so it was just, you know, and it was so new. It was when they bought the show and Fox, you know, brought it brought it on to their network. And and then later, which was great, that job left let led on later on for me to do seven years of King of the King of the Hill. Oh my god. Group, and also two years of Futurama, the original oh, Futurama. Oh my god. Yeah. And it's, you know, people always say, oh, but you were just like an extra voice, but it does take quite a skill. Like oh, I said, yeah. improv, you know, technical, you know, following cues, watching the sound supervisor and the, you know, the, the loop group director, like it definitely takes skill. So um, that's where I learned that skill. Yeah. I want, I wanted to ask you, like when, when you do voices, uh, like, because when actors do movies, they like get in character and they like have to, you know, turn into that character. But voices, you could just, you know, you're still acting, but you could just sit down and do it. So like, how do you train yourself to do that? Because you're mostly working with your mind and your voice. Yeah, that's true. That's definitely um, for, well, there's different ways, you know, usually when you get an audition, you'll get an image of the animated character mm. um, and you audition, you know, different voices. You work on that voice for your audition. But, you know, in anime and video games, um, it's very rare you get to see the character or even you never see the script before you go in. Right. So it's not just like creating that character on the spot. The It's cold reading. Um, there's so many things happening at once, you know, the beeps are going off because you're dubbing, um, the same thing with looping too. you're dubbing, you know, so you're, you don't know what you're really walking into that day. I know loop groups that work on different television series and things, they do get cue sheets the night before and things like that. So they can see if they need specific dialogue for like a newscaster or something, but yeah, it's pretty much creating characters on the spot. Now you, you have auditions, so you get cast for your type or your voice. So I, I know the kinds of characters I'm playing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so you really, um, but a lot of times you kind of, I personally, everybody's different. Like sometimes I'll voice little girls and sometimes I'll voice little boys. So I'll, I never sit when I'm reading cause I, I like to keep my energy up, but I'll stand differently for a little boy and I'll kind of get in the body of a little boy, you know, like really uh. like, you know, move around like I'll, I kind of get into it a little bit so that helps me or just like um with some voices you'll find like a signature line that'll help take you back into that character um you know that's very helpful so when you're doing a voice like i've been working on a video game for over two years called grand blue fantasy and i play this little dragon oh my god and his name is Vern, and so Vern has this signature signature line you know i ain't no lizard i'm a dragon you know so <laughs> i i get that line i get in in kind of Vern's body and you know he has little dragon teeth so i think about you know sometimes he has a little lisp in his speak so a lot of a lot of things will inform you when you look at the image of the character of course the director 
of the session is always informing you because they know the entirety of the script right. and the story and the relationships with the other characters you're coming into. So we rely heavily on the director, that the writing is there. You know, there's so many pieces that come together. Yeah, definitely. I uh, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I kind of wish you were my mom so I could play that game for free. <laughs> I don't know if I could get it for free. Oh, they don't. Oh, because I, I yeah, got... they don't usually like here. Here's a pass to play it for free. They actually that would be kind of a cool idea. Yeah, well, because but... the reason I because I've only done one movie in my celebrityness, and they sent me like three hundred free copies, and they're like, oh. Awesome. I was like, ah, I think I'm going to, you're just giving me a whole bunch of stuff I have to burn. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> That's very rare these days, though, yeah. that you get that kind of stuff. We used to always get a DVD or, you know, of a film we did or a project. But yeah, it's very rare, I think, these days. Yeah. And then you did the voices on uh, uh, Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, so that was another looping session. And that was a funny story because they called my agent and they said, you know, we need the highest voices in Hollywood. <laughs> For oh all Rich Moore, yeah, the director, he wanted the highest voices in Hollywood. And of course, you walk in that room and there's all these women that you've worked with for years, you know, um, Tara Strong and Debbie Derryberry and Mona Marshall. But we, it was because they were creating that world with the candies and the little cookies that talked and everything that was so surreal. So that was a huge Wallace session. It was several days. Um, I worked, like you said, with those, the group of the first group of, of mostly actors, um, the amazing actors. I mean, Jim Cummings was there, so many great actors. And then they bring in like a whole group of little kids, you know, yeah. so there's different, you know, aspects to a movie like that, like a big blockbuster Disney movie or any movie like that DreamWorks. And, and then on the on the flip side for Maleficent, I was in the loop group for Maleficent, the first yeah. one, and it was just five of us that did everything. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So that was very different, you know, uh, kind of experience. But yeah, you just um, you don't know what you're walking into. So you just come in staying open and um, being and improv, I feel is really important. I always tell people wanting to get into voiceover to, you know, get into in some improv training, because that does help stretch you and let you walk into that. Um, yes, you know, yeah. walk into that moment being uh, knowing you can create anything, you know, no, that's needed. Terrible. Yeah, the confidence. Yeah, because uh, Victor and I, we're, we're highly trained in, in the form of stand-up comedy. Oh, cool. So our improv skills are, are top-notch, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> All those hecklers. Yeah, <laughs> but, but Victor had a question for you. Oh, hi, well, Victor. Oh, hey. What's up, Sandy? Uh, no, I had a few questions, but I guess uh, I don't know which order I want to go in, but... Um, yeah, um, because you covered a lot. I just wanted to um, know what's the difference between a, a voicing a cartoon versus the video game? Uh, you were talking about you don't get the script beforehand for the video games. So. Yeah, no, you don't. Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. So let me even go back to include anime as well, because anime oh, okay. is such a huge genre. Right. Um, and that demographic and it's become it's outselling, you know, video games. I mean, it's video games and anime are huge right now. So in anime, uh, they bring the script, the producers will bring the script over from Japan and they will translate it into English. So there's an English translation. Then a writer will create an English adaptation and the adaptation um, so so that we it everything fits into the flaps of the character, yeah. you know, the Japanese and the same thing with some video games. Grand Blue, for example, is a Japanese video game. Sometimes I'll hear the Japanese and then they'll want me, 
you know, we'll know the timing because games have very much to do about timing. Some of the scenes have very specific timing that coordinate with the animation of the game, but that in the same way. So anime, we go into a booth, we're by ourselves, we see the script, we only read our lines. There's no one else reading with us or working off of us. We're working directly with the director who's feeding us the story, um, the scene, the relationship, and we go from there. And sometimes I'll be recording page one of Sailor Moon, and then I'll be on page 30 of Sailor Moon. So yeah. what happens in between if I'm not in the scene, I don't even, you know, I'm informed when I get to page 30. In traditional animation, you do get the script maybe a day or two days before. Like, um, for example, I was... Um, on a show, Hi Hi Puffy Ami Yumi. And uh, I we love were, that show. Yeah, I played the stalker. Oh Harmony. my God. I'm your number one fan. I loved her. Oh my gosh, oh, she was fun. Gray that's, Delisle's on the show. That's and, a sweet stalker. Yeah, she was really <laughs> fun. My favorite scene is when she, her whole episode, she, she wants to steal their diary, yeah. you know, and she finally gets the diary and it's boring. Oh my <laughs> She's God. like, oh no, this is, the, they have the most boring life. But, um, so that's done radio style, like a radio play. All the actors are in the room together. The director runs you through the script. You're working off each other. You might insert a giggle or, you know, a little improv or something once in a while. But everything's done together and we're reading off each other. And we probably go through the script, you know, three times. Yeah. Um, so that's the difference. And you do get the script ahead of time. You've auditioned for that character. You know who that character is. And the third is the video games. So video games, they can be the R RPG games, those Japanese games online. They can be, you know, the, the other types of games. But basically, you can do up to 400 lines a game, a, a session where you're reading like 20 ways to die you know, 20 yeah. ways to get hit by a missile, 20 ways to get hit by an arrow. You know what I mean? You go through different efforts. Um, and then there's little cut scenes that you guys go to in the games. So that is, um, we never see any of that ahead of time. Um, I do know my character Vern because I did the Japanese anime before I, I did the game. So I do know I was very informed who Vern was. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's very different. Still a director in the room uh, with the games that are out of Japan. We have the Japanese producers and writers on Zoom. Uh, on the other line. And so they're also informing us on the scene and the script and translating, you know, what the direction from the Japanese producers. Well, if you guys ever need a Zoom expert, Victor's available. Oh, <laughs> that's good to know, actually. <laughs> Zoom experts are good to know. Yeah. Yeah. I, Especially I to... when we're, we're teaching classes or something, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I wanted to ask you, like, when you go to a like an audition and they say, "Okay, you're auditioning," I'm assuming they they have you recorded for the audition as well, right? Yeah. Um, years ago, when I moved to LA, you would actually drive to a location and record the audition yeah. on site, um, and you know, even before the pandemic, everything went to email, the agent emails you an audition, and yeah. then you email it back. So it's like having your own studio set up, um, a good microphone, a good, you know, working studio that you can record, edit, and then send back, email back. And then now we've moved even further where a lot of sessions are done remotely since the pandemic, everything's kind of moved. Um, so a lot of sessions are done remotely. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, the reason I asked is because like, so say if you went on an audition and let's just say you didn't get this part and you read for it and then like, say like, I don't know, five years later, whatever it takes. So you, you see, you're like, Oh, Hey, I auditioned for this. I want to watch this. And then you see, maybe they took some of your, your lines, like not your voice, but the lines of your improv. 
Like, has that ever happened to you? Because that happened to me once. And I was Oh, like, really? Um, no, um, it hasn't happened to me. Um, SAG, SAG after the union is very protective. If you do find you hear, like, if they ask you to read the whole radio commercial, then you hear that. Yeah, I, I think it's very rare that that happens. I, I mean, that I know of, but um, definitely you don't usually improv a whole lot. You might want to add a little something to your audition to let it stick out. But usually you have to stick to the script. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, so may maybe the project I did was more of an improving thing. It was for like Grand Theft Auto, and they were like, "Oh just, yeah," they were that like, "Just just yell at hookers or something." And I was like, "Oh," yeah. and so they pulled some of your lines. Yeah, maybe? not not my voice, but like the stuff I was saying. Like, oh uh, yeah, I was like saying, "Hey, get in the red car," stuff like that. Ah, <laughs> uh, my improv skills—they're on fire. <laughs> literally exactly <laughs> literally they're on fire i'm so glad you laughed at that because i thought what if she doesn't laugh gonna... <laughs> <laughs> oh you didn't see victor's sign applause laughs <laughs> he has those signs he's blinking at me <laughs> two blinks mean laugh victor what, what's your next question sandy's being kind i'm i'm sending it to her in the direct chat <laughs> oh yeah let me open that yeah no no it just came up no, no i'm just kidding <laughs> it's okay no um so obviously I'm, I'm like it was so i don't know if you saw me fanboying when you were doing the impression of the um lady drowning but i was just like oh my god i remember that that's like, <laughs> so vivid it's so great and like um so i was just wondering uh what are the challenges when voicing a female voice role versus a male voice role you're talking about like standing up when you're the boy and like I was kind of trying not to giggle at that, but like I was just like, yeah, you have that boy angst, but like, do you have like a girly angst too, or is that just natural? Oh yeah, yeah, you do. I mean, that you know, people. My voice is very similar. If you listen, of course, um, I just get cast. You know, um, my husband is Lex Lang. He's an amazing voice actor. Whoa! Um, you, I'm sure you guys have heard of him, and he can do any. He can just, he's so incredibly talented, but he, and diverse, he can do any accent, he can do any age, he can do, you know, he does a lot of incredible villains. But for me, um, what I get cast in, you know, um, I love using my gifts, right? I love, yeah. I know my gift, I love using my gift. And so, yeah, even though my characters may sound similar, they have different, it's as an actor, they're completely different, right? No, Who definitely. is this character in Sailor Moon? Where is she coming from? You know, what is her purpose in this scene or in this project as, as opposed to another cute character, you know? So you always, that's the bait. That's where you go first is who are you? Not just does the voice sound right. Right. Yeah. And then, and then the voice will emerge like, or the, the character will emerge, but yeah, there's snotty little girls and, you know, <laughs> smart little girls and, you know, all different kinds of, of people, just like people, like humans. I had a, and um, my drama teacher in high school, one of them, he, he gave the best advice. He says, if you want to study acting, study people. Oh, that's great. Advice. Study that's people, great. just really study them. Like, just sit on a bench or wherever you are, you know, and just kind of notice because you'll find a lot of little traits and little things you can add yeah. to your characters. So like, I actually have been doing that my whole life because I have Asperger's syndrome. So like, I don't, like I said before, I hate people. So like when I go in and go people watching, I'll like make up my own little stories that these people are having you know what i mean oh it's, yeah yeah and it's the best when they're fighting because i think break up <laughs> so you're kind of like a profiler therapist <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> from afar yeah if i was if i wasn't a comedian uh, the fbi would definitely hire me to be a profile oh cool cool i um, love those shows I yeah. love all those shows, you know, where they break everybody down. Which is your, which is your favorite true crime show? <laughs> well, I love the is it CSI? All the oh, different CSIs. Those are really good. 
Number one is like if a red flag is oh I love Snapped. Oh, what which one? Snapped. It's one of the true crime shows. It's like um, oh my goodness, it's like oh. cold, it's like cold case files. It's like, but it's always like the the man did something wrong, and then the woman snapped. Oh and no! <laughs> and every single one, the woman is the aggressor slash murderer. Slash, oh my god! And I'm just like, so every time I'm like, I love snapped, and I'm like, okay. Oh, um, I haven't, I haven't heard, I even heard of that one. Uh, I, I'm, I'm so kind of old school when it comes to those. Oh, forensic files. Forensic uh, files. Yeah. Oh, that okay. was, that's a classic. But no, no, no. But this one. Sandy like, really... should do forensic files. That would be great. What's the one with uh, Joe Montagna? Is that CSI? Oh, Criminal Minds. Criminal Minds. I love yeah. that one too. That's a you, really good one. You should I do like, Criminal Minds. I like Criminal Minds. Ah. All of those. I love the different characters and how they inter. I, I just love different characters and how they relate to each other and interact. But, you know, recently, um, both my husband and I, we just, we watched Picard. And then we said, we got to go back. We yeah. got to go back. So we went back to Next Generation and started at Pilot Season oh. 1. What was <laughs> it, like 1990 or something? Yeah, it was wild. And, and we've watched like every episode of Next Generation. And I have like a new admiration and love for Star Trek that I didn't have. I was always more Star Wars. And I don't know, I just I just love it. It's like classical theater. It's um, there's so many lessons. I think, you know, it's just really it's it's a really, really good yeah. series. And for his birthday this year, we went to see um, Jean-Luc Picard, Patrick Stewart. Uh, do a huh? one-hour talk at Whoa. the yeah so then down in Hollywood so that was really cool to kind of hear his story his his life story you when, know? When, when's his birthday same day as mine whoa when's yes. your birthday oh no not my husband Patrick oh. Stewart's birthday his oh. birthday's November 11th oh, but okay. it's funny that you asked that because Patrick Stewart and Harrison Ford and I have the same birthday, July 13th. Oh, my God. So like, I know. So like whenever <laughs> you, you listen to K-Rock on July 13th, they're going to say, all right, celebrity birthdays today. We got Patrick Stewart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harrison <laughs> Ford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sandy Fox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. I didn't know they do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Zandy, I have uh, three questions left. Uh, I want to respect your time, but they're kind of fast questions. Okay. And and if Victor has any more, I have time. So. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got more questions. I'm like, which one's to ask? Oh, my God. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so, I'll go first, then we'll go to Victor. Okay. Uh, so, I didn't know you were married to the great Lex Lang, but I did know that you work with him a lot. So that oh, was yeah. one of my questions, but now that I know you're married, I kind of want to throw away that question because you're with him all the time, I guess. Yes, yes. Ah. Yes. Yeah, we've been together 27 years. Oh, my God. Someone tried to fix us up because they knew he worked on the Power Rangers in the early 90s, and they said, oh, I know you do voiceover, and they tried to fix us up for six months, <laughs> and we met on our own six months later at a party. And oh had no God. idea, you know, that yeah. we were, we were being up. fixed up. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. He mighty morphed a, a date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> okay, but here, here's the question, seriously, since that one got, got uh, thrown out of the water. Uh, do you ever notice that when you voice stuff, because maybe it doesn't happen all the time, but I notice like when I when I watch stuff and it's voice acting, sometimes the the character kind of resembles the actor in a way. You know what I mean? Like, oh, they're, yeah, they're drawn kind of like them in a way. Yes, yes. More so more than they're drawn, except for Betty Boop. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> oh, look... I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, except for Betty Boop, I always related to Betty Boop or like Snow White, you know, but Betty Boop for sure. Um, I just feel so connected to her. Um, 
just even the 1920s alone, like my first time in Hollywood driving over Vine, Hollywood and Vine, or if I, if I go to any of those iconic places and in, in and around Hollywood that were from that era, I feel immediate connection. But um, definitely I will see things, um, especially in shows like uh, Sailor Moon, I worked on for almost five years, yeah. um, every week or every other week we did an episode and I saw a lot of similarities or themes with her character um, and my character. And so I, I realize I do think sometimes we're drawn to these parts or these roles call us in and it kind of um, awakens memories or parts of us that we can use in the role. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because my uncle did this movie called Emperor's New Groove, and oh. uh, and uh, it looks like the cartoon looks exactly like him. Well, that's a Disney cartoon, <laughs> isn't it? Is that or DreamWorks? Is I that Emperor's no... New Groove? I think that's DreamWorks. Yeah. Well, sometimes what Disney or DreamWorks will do is like they'll take the voice actor because they're they're um, animating after you're recording, oh, so okay. they will like. And, you know, add little characteristics like the animators come in the room while you're recording or they'll watch the recording and they'll they'll actually, you know, track the faces and everything. Oh. So they will kind of, you know, like Robin Williams in the genie. Right. Yeah. You kind I was of saw say his that. essence yeah. in there. So I do think once I, I think projects like that where the character um where it's a feature film and the voices are recorded beforehand you'll see a little essence of that that uh, actor in the in the scene. all right yeah victor it's your turn okay how much time do i have no i'm just kidding um no um two questions and then two questions okay <laughs> okay um so you do a lot of great voices, and I don't mean to be confrontational, but how come you don't do stand-up? I'm too short. They keep Ooh. yelling, stand up, stand up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> they can't see me. No, you know, um, I don't, you know, like I said, um, Lex has done stand-up before. That was like part of his roots. I did do a lot of comedy. I mean, I would always get the comedic characters, even at Disney shows. You know, I got to use my comedy skills. Um, I don't know. I think I'd have to, you know, take a little class from you guys on what to do and how to do but it would be fun uh, i would probably do more like you know new age comedy or space voices. comedy yeah <laughs> voices like, or I'm just like, tell I'm... stories oh my gosh uh. like when people would call my the house and they would ask for my mother <laughs> oh <laughs> they I... would they would i mean you know they would call and they would call the house and I'd answer hello, and it in my head I sound like you know I I think I sound like Kathleen Turner. I think I have a very deep voice. Yeah. yeah. But you know I'd answer hello, hello, and they're like, oh hi, is your mother there? And so if I didn't didn't want to talk to them, I would just continue on with the voice, and I'm like la la la. I have a Barbie. Do you have a Barbie? And then <laughs> you know they'd hang up. Or if I had to talk to them, it was a business call. Like, okay, hold on. Mom! Hi, can I help you? <laughs> <laughs> so then I'd bring in that other voice. <laughs> Which oh I've God. only gotten to use a few times. But Oh, my God. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Fun. That, that's the coolest. Yeah. 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 All right, Victor, what's your last question? Then I will end on my last question. Okay, this was like an improvised question during the interview, so it was like more... Um... Have, have you ever done any like epic prank calls with your vo your range of voices? Oh, wow. Because you would be amazing. I'm like listening to you and I'm like, you would like, if there's like a real like new age jerky boys or crank anchors, like oh. you would be amazingly That great. would be fun. I never thought of that. I'm usually not like, you know, I'm not one that pulled jokes on people, you know, oh, you'd as be much. Great at it. now you'd my be husband, great. he will get on the, like when, you know, what are they robo calls or tell, you know, those, <laughs> those telecall rooms, 
he will get on as an old man or he will get on. You'll have to have him on the show, but he oh, will get yeah, on as a British guy and he will take them down the road. You know, like he definitely does that. I don't, I, I haven't done that really. I'm vouching um, for you. You'd be so great. Like, oh, I'm, like, thank I'm you. not a producer. If I was a producer, <laughs> I would legitimately be like, I met this woman. She doesn't really know, me, but I know her because oh. I know her from her work. And she's just great. If you if like, I'm not gonna do the show unless you have her on it. Like, I can't do it. I can't do voices unless it's like a stereotypical Mexican voice or something. But other than that, or <laughs> my whitewash. Voice. Well, you probably can do a lot more than you think. A lot of yeah. people. You know what I mean? It really does. You start developing them. Like I said, you start watching those people and like the funny uncle or whatever, and then you can start, you know, stretching it from there. But yeah, Lex does that a lot. He that's how he answers some of these call rooms. <laughs> Have you tried to record these? Because this is really hysterical. He did record one. You guys oh, will have Lord. to have him on. He has funny stories for you. We yeah. Oh my god. I wasn't mean... talking about Lex, all due respect. I was talking oh, about that's candy. okay. No, <laughs> I have not recorded them. And you know, before the internet though, like there's so many stories where, you know, people you'd call and you'd have to give your credit card over the phone and they'd ask for your mom, you know, the worst was LA weekly. Do you guys know LA weekly? Yeah. yeah. So it used to be a magazine. And when I first moved to LA, I'm like, how am I going to meet people? So I do the dating thing in the back where you, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god yes. yes oh my god and i remember like you know this the goofy stories i mean one guy he says he looks like michael j fox and he looks like george from seinfeld oh and you're you know i mean you just don't know what's happening and oh. and they're like wow you sound really young <laughs> I swear to God, I'm not, you know, they think you're a honey trap from the FBI. (laughs) You would do amazing on To Catch a Predator. I would. I could be. be Yeah, I could be an inside private eye detective. Maybe an animation detective that's real, like real. I don't know. That's a good idea, though. I, I would love to be like. A little bit psychic detective, you know. I, I will write the proposals for them right now when we get off. Okay, cool. I will write you them. You do I, that. I'm not even joking. <laughs> not even joking. That, that would be an amazing idea. Yeah, that uh, would be fun. That would be really fun. So, so Sandy, the, the last question, and this is the last question we ask everybody, is if you could go into a time machine, Oh. And, and talk to a younger version of Sandy Fox. It could be from yesterday or it could have been when, whenever. Knowing what you know now, what would you tell yourself? Ooh, that's a big one. There's so many things. Um, probably buy real estate <laughs> at a much earlier age. <laughs> well, I mean, definitely that one to a young entrepreneurial me. Um, but definitely don't lose yourself. Don't lose who you are, you know, by the harshness of the world or, you know, people around you don't lose who you are and always stay true to your heart and your essence and know that, um, you're worthy, you're loved and you have a gift to bring to the planet and just stay there. Yeah. Stay in that space. I'm so glad you said that and you didn't say, hey, listen, don't do Keith Reza's podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Sandy, where can the folks at home follow and support you at? At Sandy Fox World on Twitter and Instagram, Sandy Fox VO on Facebook. Um, I see at Sandy Fox World. It's kind of like Disney World at Sandy Fox World. <laughs> on um, I'm not on TikTok as much, but you can follow me there and then um, visit my website, sandyfox.com. It has all the links to everything. Yeah. And next time I see you at a con, I promise I'll go up to you and, and, and say hi. Please, you guys, please. And let let us know when you're doing stand-up again. Oh, that would be great. Awesome. Yeah, I want to know. I want to come see you. 
All right. Well, Sandy, have a great day and thank you for doing Razor Rich. We love uh, you. Thank you guys. You're awesome. Have an awesome 2024. Oh, this yeah, is. it is 2024. Yeah, happy, oh, yeah. <laughs> happy 2024. Yeah. Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy New Year. It's only been a week. It's, it's I know. Week. It's still very new. Uh, okay, guys, take care. Bye, right, Sandy. So much. Bye. Have a good one. All Bye-bye. right, guys. So that was the interview with Sandy Fox. Subscribe, Ray Review. And uh, we'll definitely have her back. That was awesome. That was fun, man. That was so much fun. Yeah. All right, Victor. Thanks, we'll man. See you later. Folks at home, support the show. Share, subscribe, rate, review. And we'll see you next week. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback. Good, honest, terrible, doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Razor Riffs. I am also on Stereo if you would like to chat with me there. www.stereo.com slash and on Cameo, www.cameo.com slash KeithRaza. If you enjoyed the show, please send us a donation on the Anchor app. We really do appreciate it, and we'll rift with you again soon.